Blog Talk Radio. Now y'all know, 
Y'all know how I be out in these streets. Y'all know I I didn't tell y'all already that I had this I had this costume design class where I was sewing. And you y'all know I I told y'all I can't sew, <laughs> but I did complete my pajama pants because I had a sewing machine. So I was complete. I completed my pajama pants in the day of my final. Like so, the final right? We had a we have like a two and a half hour final for costume design class, right? And so it's a, what the final really is is. You're finishing up everything that you're supposed to do, like everything in class, all your sewing assignments, all your uh, all your um, your pajama pants, all that stuff. So that morning I come in with everything done. And my teacher's like, what? How did you, what are you doing? I'm like, I have a sewing machine. She's like, okay. So and she's like, this is showing me little stuff. She's looking all at the pants and I, she's like, She's like, oh, did you see this? She said, you might want, let's fix this or whatever. I'm like, hey, it's me. It's not going to be perfect. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes she's a perfectionist, you know, because she's a sewer, right? But I'm like, I'm just trying to get these pajama pants done and get the hell out of there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready to sew. I'm, I have done so. I've done enough sewing to last me a lifetime. I'm like, shit. I know how to do a sewing machine, everything now. That's it. That I'm done, <laughs> and it was and my pajama pants. They turned out like dysfunctional, cute, dysfunctionally cute. Is that a way to say it? Dysfunctionally cute, <laughs> because I did I did the Scooby Doo material right from the you don't know, remember the mystery machine. So I love Scooby Doo when I was growing up. I love Scooby Doo, and a lot of my friends. It was so funny. They were saying, "I didn't know you loved Scooby Doo." I did my two, two of my three of my favorite cartoons. My top three favorite things to watch when I was a kid. I love the Mickey Mouse Club. I love Scooby Doo, and I love Woody Woodpecker. I like Tom and Jerry, but the top, you know, Tom and Jerry would get on my nerves a little bit. <laughs> but I really, really loved. Scooby Doo. I like the whole mystery machine. You know the whole thing when they would come in. You know the haunted houses and all this. Stuff. I used to love that stuff. So I was a I was a big Scooby Doo fan. So when I when I had the assignment to do these pajama pants, I saw the Scooby Doo with the uh, material with the machine. I was like, Oh, I gotta do Scooby Doo. Come to find out, my teacher she loves Scooby Doo too. So you know she she had an investment in on my pants. Like a personal investment, she wanted to make sure they were great. But I was like, at the, by the end of the the nights, I was up all night sewing for like two nights. About at the end of it, I was like, you know, shit, I don't give a damn. I just want to go. <laughs> I'm just done. I just want to take these pajama pants and and go. So like the last part of the pajama pants. I mean, for those of you who are so who are sewing people out here. You have to put in your elastic, right? I bet you have to put it in like twice. <laughs> I had to do it like twice. Un- unhimited do it twice so I finally got it right. <laughs> but it was quite the experience. It was, it, I mean, this semester for me for school has been so, I don't know how to explain It's kind of challenging, but in a good way, right? Because I'm not... I am a creative vibe. I love create. I love being creative. I'm a creative person. I grew up in a create a family 
who's very creative, you know, but musically more so, you know, and then we can, we can, we we got drama skills and stuff like that, but when you're talking about arts and crafts stuff, like with my hands, eh. <laughs> I try to do it, but, you know, so this was, a, it, I felt like this semester was all about, like, my hands, arts and crafts, and it, it was challenging in a special sort of way, but but it, it ended up really being good. Uh, shout out! And, oh, I gotta shout out this Montessori school. I got to read. I I told you guys about this a few weeks ago. I got to read some children's book uh, to this kindergarten class a few weeks ago, and they sent me the cutest little thank you letters. They threw because I read this. Uh, story called the peace train they they drew me all kinds of trains and everything oh it was so cute (laughs) so shout out to uh the como monastery so shout out to you guys i i loved i absolutely loved it i loved it it was so cute it was the cutest little thing so it made my week in the midst of a like a long crazy week trying to get out everything it was good, and the good thing about it, I believe, I believe this semester, am I going to end up like, um, I think I'm going to be a straight A, like straight A's. I think I am. <laughs> I think it's the first. <laughs> but it's great. I'm excited about it. Okay, so it ended up, everything ended up being really good. One down, two semesters ago, and I'm finished. <laughs> I am so finished. I am so fucking out of school. And I cannot wait, okay? So that's my week. That's how my week has been going so uh, far, okay? What else, guys? Okay. Man, I heard some of y'all, some of y'all said y'all couldn't believe how hard I was on Maxwell. Okay. Shit. Uh, My mom even, my mom even said, oh, I like that song. Now she called Maxwell the lullaby man, right? Because I taught, I gave, I gave my the last time I was on. Y'all know my Maxwell's my favorite thing, but I gave this. You know, I don't think it was scathing, but I gave this commentary about off that I didn't like the new song off, and I, you know, it's growing on me. Maybe because I've listened to it so much, you know, and it's kind of, but I still kind of don't like it, but it's. It's crazy. One of my best friends said, I love it. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, I love that song. I like it. It's really good. And I was shocked. I was like, really? Are y'all serious out here? <laughs> and I felt like I was being so hard. I was being too hard. Damn. Really? Okay. I still don't like it, but, you know. Okay. So, the Soul Train Awards. I haven't talked to you guys since the Soul Train Awards. You know, Maxwell got the Legend Soul Train Awards. He also performed, right? So I'm gonna get to that in a minute. But I gotta talk about Ashanti. Ashanti performed, and she got what's the Lady of Soul Award? What did she get? The Lady of Soul Award, I think, or something like that. So why did I think of Ashanti? Ashanti, Ashanti looks so beautiful. And I think let me just say this: I do believe. For what was it? Two albums and a half, three albums. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be mean. Y'all think I'm trying to be mean? Asante, Asante deserved it. She she had an era in music, right? 
So I really kind of I see why there's this this why they gave Ashanti the Lady of Soul Awards. Okay, I I got it. Okay, she looked really good. She performed really well. Um, I saw the Soul Train Awards. Like I was watching it. Like it was on. I taped it. I taped it, but I was watching it sporadically. <laughs> so I had it on in the background while I was doing other things. Tisha Campbell and what is it? I kept saying, oh, Cyborg too. I kept saying last week when I was talking, I mean the week before last when I was talking about, remember I was having talking about Lenny Kravitz dating uh, Tashina Arnold? I kept saying Tashina Arnold. It's not Tashina Arnold he was dating. It's Tisha Campbell. I was getting them mixed up, okay? That's Cyborg. I wanted to correct that this week. It was Tisha Campbell that Lenny Kravitz used to date. But anyway, back to the host. Tisha Campbell and Tashina Arnold host the Soul Train Awards again for it's like the third year in the world row or something. I don't know how I feel about those two. I, I thought they were much funnier this year. They were fun. I enjoyed it. I felt like the Soul Train Awards were taped on two nights because, like, people were giving me two different looks. Like, you would see people in the audience one way and the next minute. And I don't, I mean, the next minute they look another way. And I don't like that. I, I feel like it should just be one live show. So it's, I don't really know how to feel about the Soul Train Awards, the, the parts I paid attention to. I, you know, oh, yes, so who was it that performed? What's the girl who sings? Oh, I wanted to talk about her real quick. The girl who sings Pressure. What is her name? Um, she, uh, what's her name? Is her name Aerie Lennox? Is that the girl who sings, wait, Pressure? Let's see. Okay. Let's look at that. I can't remember her name. For some reason, I get her and that Summer Walker girl mixed up. Don't ask me why. I know. I know. It's really crazy. But I do. Okay, so, Erie Lennox, Pressure. She performed, and I felt like she was just standing there. I was like, uh, okay. You know, some of y'all do so much better in videos, like, you know, whatever. But I felt like she she looked really good. She she looked great. But she just standing there singing a song. I was like, what's that? <laughs> but it was almost like she was scared to move, Okay. So, yeah, that's one of the parts of the Soul Train Awards I noticed. Uh, Maxwell. He got the, 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 the what is it, the, the Soul, the Legends Award and everything. Congratulations again. Can't say it enough. He gave a really interesting acceptance speech. Maxwell always gives an interesting acceptance speech. You know, he talked about being Caribbean and being being able to be accepted. <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about. Accepted, I guess, the black culture, you know, being Caribbean. I guess that's what he was trying to say. And then he also said something about um, being a part of the civil rights movement. I don't know. I don't know if people equate black America, black Adolf, or FBA to just civil rights movement. I don't know. But it was an interesting uh, uh, speech. You know what I'm saying? It was an interesting speech. Then afterwards he performed off, okay? <laughs> he looked really good, okay? That's what I was saying. Maxwell looked 
ever present youthful uh, do it all. Yeah, I the Soul Train Awards is okay. I, I it, right. I don't really know what to say. I don't know what to give y'all. <laughs> I can't even remember that much of it anymore, to be honest. I do remember Maxwell doing slits, right? But I can't remember much of it after that. I so I, I'm not gonna watch it over. I don't think unless I catch it. You know when they show all those reruns, they do over and over again. So if I happen to catch it, yeah, maybe I'll say something again about it. Those little things that I may have missed. But to be honest with y'all, I really, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't really feeling it <laughs> this year. I mean, it was okay. It was okay. Uh. Now, what else did we need to talk about, too? I know, I feel like I am trying, you guys have to excuse me, because I'm trying to catch my bearings, because I have not been on for a minute. So it's sort of like, you know, I'm trying to get into my groove, <laughs> right? So, um, but I think uh, we have to say something about the tornado that happened the other night. Huge tornado, spanned over five states. Many people killed right before the holidays. My God, Lord, just prayers for and comfort to people who lost their loved one. I mean, just prayers. I mean, that such there's nothing that there, it's just that's just horrible, you know. And so, just you know, I pray for those families who right now are suffering with the loss of someone who will not be at, you know, their table during the holidays or not be with them during the holidays or not feel their presence or not get their phone call or not get to see them or their smile. It's just just pray for the families. I mean, it's just a tragic event all the way around. And I will just say this, okay? Y'all know I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. We ain't seen, this is December, okay? This is kind of out of tornado season. We ain't seen no shit like this. I really feel like, you know, they already done discovered China got a weather machine, and we know about HARP up here in the United States. I don't know why you, we also on this show that talked about a company that's allegedly owned by Bill Gates where they want to shoot rays at the sun to cool it. See, y'all, I, I just feel like that kind of stuff, when we see these kind of uh out-of-place tornadoes and stuff like that, you know, not only do I think that it is a, 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 that we're getting a sense of karmic uh, just, you know, the universe is kind of giving us some sense of karmic justice about how we've treated it, but I also believe that you got mankind out here fucking with stuff they shouldn't be fucking with. I really do. I really, Mother Nature should not be fucked with, okay? That's just my personal opinion. That's a that's a God and Mother Nature thing. And when you start messing with it, I think we create storms and everything. That's just my personal opinion. And we and I think they're, you know, I'm, hey, I told y'all my belief, I believe these weather machines and stuff, they're out here doing some wild mess, okay? So we just need to pray for the world in general, okay, because we in some crazy, crazy times, all right? All right, so it's a word. Do I have a it's a word for you guys today? No. <laughs> Normally I have a it's a word. It's a motivating, um, kind of a motivating uh, thing I give you guys every week about something I've went through this week or 
uh, something, you know, to try to motivate you or encourage you out there by some of the things that I was encouraged this week. I really don't have it. It's a word this week. Or I do have one, and maybe I'm just going to do it off the top of my head, okay? And it's not, it's going to be, maybe it's going to be short and sweet, but I feel like my it's a word this week is perseverance. You know, perseverance. Like going through, keep, keep going when you don't feel like it. And I think I have had a last couple of weeks of perseverance where there are times when you feel like, oh, my God, I cannot do it. Everything is happening in your emotional space, your mental space, everything. And then you feel like so many things are coming up against you, and yet you know you have to stay up a certain path because you have something to accomplish or something to do. Well, I felt like that was the uh, challenge for me these last couple of weeks was to persevere even in the midst of sometimes not wanting to do anything, wanting to let my feelings rule me and everything, but yet I tried to stay on path, which I did, you know, and I'm so proud of myself for that. So if anything I can tell you guys, if you're going through something this week and so many things are coming at you, so many uh, obstacles and issues and problems, or maybe it's a bunch of good things that kind of distract you or whatever, but you have a course that you need to stay on and it's important for you to do so, let me just say this. Your it's a word for the day is perseverance. Keep going in the midst of it. I'll just keep going, keep walking, keep walking, keep moving, all right, so that you can accomplish the thing that you need to accomplish, and it's so well worth it in the end. You be so. Let me tell you something. I was up for two nights. I'm, I'm, I'm still sleepy. I'm really sleepy doing this show. I might fall asleep on y'all asses <laughs> during song break, <laughs> especially when we play. Cause we get ready to play Maxwell's new one. I'm in the zone. What does he say? I'm in the zone. <laughs> Let me quit cracking. <laughs> okay, but we, I might be asleep on break, okay? So if a song go a little too long, y'all know, oh, Carlotta, is she, she's still here with us. But listen, I was up for two nights, like, sewing, trying to get certain these little, my pants on and certain other little things I need to clean up. And listen, I was, so many times I wanted to give up because this class has been a challenging one, right? But I had to keep going. You know, the hut, my husband come in and carries me, hey, you got to keep going, you got to keep doing it. <laughs> so shout out, you know, you know, shout out to the people, your friends and stuff, who encourage you, the, your uh, family and loved ones and everything like that. Just you got to sometimes keep going in the midst of the storm, perseverance, okay? And even this week in a relationship, I have been kind of, this is a sidebar. I guess I can use this as it's a word too. I have been beefing with a relative for a little bit here. You know, I beef with my relatives from time to time. I am a Scorpio shit. <laughs> right? So I've been having, you know, and with a Leo ascending at that, right? <laughs> and a Virgo moon, right? So I, you know, I've been having this beef with this relative, really angry at this relative for something, you know, and stuff. And I felt this week, you know, was kind of like a healing moment, not for, not for them, not for them, but for myself, where I had to just let go 
of whatever anger I was feeling or whatever thing and and realized that healing was more important. And there's perseverance in that. Sometimes you guys, maybe your 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 thing, especially in the hol- during the holidays and stuff, maybe some of the things that you guys need to persevere in. Maybe it's not a um so much of a um so much of a a project or or uh, something that you need to finish or something like that. But maybe it is uh, simple, simply persevering in your healing space, persevering in forgiveness, persevering in uh, just in forgiveness. Period, and in and 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 in moving forward in certain things and in certain relationships and that. And I feel like I got that this week too, you know, with this particular family members. So perseverance is important. No matter how they respond to me or what I think or how I think, perseverance in my healing is important to get to where I need to get and not letting unforgiveness or anger block me, okay? So that's how it's a word. Not just make that up on the fly, okay? (laughs) It is what it is, right? All right, you guys, so we're getting ready to go on break, but when I get back, child, we got to talk. We got to talk up in here. It is so much stuff going on in the world today. Do y'all know New York It's the first, this is the first, this is the first. New York gives non-citizens right to vote in local elections. Child, it's going to be, let me tell you something, black people, you, your political power I've been I've been saying it for years. Your political power is getting ravished, especially with a bill like this. Crazy. So we got to talk about that when I get back. Hillary predicts Donald Trump will run again. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah, he probably will. Okay, so we're gonna talk about that. Uh, we're gonna talk about. Uh, Haiti president kept lists of drug traffickers. Some people think that's why he might have gotten, you know, himself killed, got himself killed, you know, assassinated. Well, he didn't get himself killed, but somebody assassinated him. Uh, we're also going to talk about James Bond, honey. They are, are, they're trying to politically correct James Bond out in these streets, talking about he may become a non-binary. Child, it is a mess. Up in here, we got to talk about it. And we got more celebrity news, pop culture news, all that and more. But meanwhile, because hey, I'm getting back in stride with y'all. We're gonna hear a little bit of Frankie back in stride, and after that, y'all get to hear Maxwell's new one off. Okay, it's the CC show. I'm Carlotta. I am glad y'all get to join me late night if you're listening. What's up, y'all? Let's start it off with Frank so you Beverly back and stride again because I feel like I'm back and stride, okay? I'll be back in the moment, y'all. <laughs>
Come through and see 
I felt it, but I didn't feel it. But now I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm excited about the holidays. I'm so excited to be going home. I don't know how you guys are be doing. How you guys are doing out here for your Christmas, um, your holidays. You know, or you guys cooking? I don't know what you guys are doing. I'm not cooking. It's just not happening. <laughs> There's this place in Kansas City I love called Jack Stacks. Right, Jack Stacks Barbecue. And for the last couple of years, we've been doing Jack Stacks on Christmas. So we're doing Jack Stacks again, and I am so excited to be having Jack Stacks, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. So, and uh, even the last couple of years, I mean, the last the years, the last couple of years, I haven't really, well, I haven't really cooked, cooked. You know, I've been doing this uh, Cracker Barrel ready to, uh, like, you know, where you cook the meal and then adding stuff because it, cooking is such hell. I'm serious, you know, we don't have the kind of time that our relatives did back in the day, you know. <laughs> like, you know, I remember they would be cooking for a week in advance and stuff like that, you know. Now it's like, wow, like I'd be so tired. Like I wanted some chitlins so bad. And yes, I'm country like that. I am so country, yes. So somebody's going, uh, chitlins, yes. I love chitlins. And hogmas with, hogmas with hot sauce, bitch. I'm a, I'm a country girl. I'm, I was raised by country people. <laughs> so I wanted some chitlins, the taste of chitlins so bad. But to, today the chitlins are so dirty. It takes such a long time to clean them and everything. So I just like, I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I pass on chitlins. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping my papa surprises me and he cooks up. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm an old school. I love that kind of stuff, okay? God, it seemed like back in the day, though, the food, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, it was such a, people had more time. I feel like your time is so, it's, it's racing through now. We don't have the time that we used to. That's sad, too. But, okay, so I just saw a little bit of Alicia Keys on Drink, drink Champs. Yes, I'm jumping to another subject, okay? I saw a little bit of the end of her interview on on Drink, drink Champs. I like the Alicia I saw. Like, I want to see her more often. Like, I don't want to, you know, I know on Drink Champs you drink and a little bit and loosen up. Ooh, there's so many people I want to see get interviewed by a Drink Champs. Nori does such a good job on that show, him and his uh, co-host. But I really liked her on Drink Champs. The little bit I saw, I only saw about 20 minutes of it. I got to go back and see the whole interview but I felt like she was loose, you know what I'm saying? Like she was, she was, she was having a good time. I feel like this is the Alicia that needs to show up on the records. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if this Alicia can show back up on the records, I'll be happy. <laughs> but I really, I really enjoyed the uh, her little her conversation and stuff it, it, for the little bit that I, I I heard of it. So yeah, it was very interesting. So if you guys get a chance to check that out, Drink Champs, I think they do such a good job. Like, who would I like to see Drink Champs interview? Like, I love to see Janet Jackson on there. Like, you know, that would be fun. Like, Janet, I love to see um, Jermaine Dupree. Because Jermaine always gives a good interview. And I, I, I feel like if he's drinking, it will probably really be good. Um I would love to see who else would I like to see. I would like to see on Drink Champs. You know, one of the old school, like Shaka Khan on Drink Champs. What are the stories that Shaka would tell with a few drinks in her ass? 
child. Mm, get Shaka up on there. That's why I would love to see him do some old school artists. Not just, I know he does a lot of rap artists and stuff, but I would really love to see him have those conversations, those like old school conversations with the old school, like some old school rap artists and stuff like that. That would really be good. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy that. Like, I think LL has been on there, though, and done Drink Test. I saw that a couple of years ago or something like that. I would love to see, like, groups like New Edition or Bobby Brown or something on Drink Champs. I love to see Maxwell on Drink Champs. I love to see what, like, what kind of stories Maxwell tells when he's lifted. <laughs> like, will a bone slip out? Does he? <laughs> will he tell us something about him? So I would love to see that Drink Champs uh, If you guys ever I, It's one of my favorite shows to watch I really like that show Okay So uh, yeah But last Was Alicia Keys Was on the last time She was really good So I enjoy that Alright So let's talk about it New York City <laughs> The shit they be doing right now I don't know what's going on in New York But in New York this week, New York City gives non-citizens right to vote in local elections. This is according to CNN.com. It says New York City on Thursday became the largest municipality in the U.S. to allow non-citizens to vote in local elections. In a vote of 33 to 14, the Democrat-controlled city council passed a measure known as Our City, Our Vote. Under the legislation, non-citizens who have lived in the city for at least 30 days and are legal permanent residents in the U.S., including green card holders, individuals with workers' permits, and DACA holders will be allowed to vote in city elections, including mayor, public advocate, borough uh, president, and city council. Councilman um, Gandis Rodriguez, the prime sponsor of the legislation, and an immigrant from the Dominican Republic told CNN it is about championing the issue of no taxation without representation. What? <laughs> By the Constitution of New York State and the New York City Charter is a live document that provides the opportunity for us to always look to make it better. I think that today we are able to make more important change that recognizes the contributions of immigrants. Uh, Rodriguez told CNN after the vote that adding adding his own background as a green card holder from uh, 1983 to 2000 inspired his push for passage of the mayor, uh, measure. Before the vote, uh, some members argued that it should be delayed, citing legal concerns about whether the city could make such a change. That motion, however, was defeated, and the council moved forward with the measure. Other council members brought up concerning uh, regarding the Im- impact of the new bill would have on black voters, okay? Where do African-American voters fit in, said Majority Leader Lori Combo, a Democrat ahead of the vote. This particular legislation is going to shift the power dynamics in New York City in a major way, and we do not have the numbers or the information to know how that is going to impact African-American communities who have been most vulnerable in the existence in New York. Combo said that the bill would be a win for Dominican Republican and voiced concern that Latino voters could vote Republican once given the right to vote. The top five uh, countries of birth immigrants in the city are Dominican Republic, followed by, closely by China and Mexico, Jamaica, 
Ghana, according to the most recent 2019 report on the immigrant population of the Mayor Office of Immigrant Affairs. Okay, let me just say this. Black America, I feel like we have failed ourselves in such a number of ways. And I I don't like people, I don't want people to take offense to, I think some people are offended that we are finding ourselves and that we are under, you know, shout shout out to all of the people who are pushing lineage. In Black America, because we under now we're understanding as Black Americans that not only does do Black Americans just have a race problem in the United States, it's not really just a race problem; it's a lineage problem. The problem is that uh, you know descendants of slaves in America have been on the soil for many years, and so a lot of times you have a lot of immigrants coming over. And they get those same rights that were made for a special uh, a group of people who endured horrific atrocities and hardships, whose families endured that, that put them behind. But see, white supremacy is such a sneaky bitch because what it did with immigration is it allowed, illegal, especially illegal immigration, it allowed people to come over they got to benefit off of things that were made for a group of people who had certain crimes committed against them by government and uh, 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 the and state. And so what we have is white women are benefiting off of affirmative action who actually participated in, in, in a, a lot of the racism and Jim Crow and all that stuff. Then you, who they've been the most beneficial. Then you have immigrants who haven't had the same background or the same things in America that we have now. Being black in America, sometimes you may get the uh, uh, the uh, uh, parts of racism lauded at you, but you still don't have the root of what has happened here. It is so different being, you know, and and and. and it, it, this is what I, was, I noticed it last week, and I hate to keep bring picking on him, but you know my face. I was talking about him. And he, it, it, I was, I was, it was weird because I was like, he must be hearing the Adolf talk or something because he was like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just so happy being Caribbean that we could be a part of the story and everything. I'm like, a part of whose story? What are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? What are you, a part of what story that we could be engrafted into the civil rights movement? And I'm like. I'm like, why do you need to be engrafted into the story to, it's not about being engrafted into the story. It's about understanding what a group of people who have been on the soil, maybe before your ancestor, your your people got onto the soil here. It's about just kind of respecting their legacy and their lineage and having a respect in a diaspora for everyone's lineage. Like, you know, having a respect, I have a respect and an affinity for what Haitians go through. I have a respect and affinity for uh, what some African nations and countries are, what uh, certain uh, groups uh, throughout the diaspora in Spanish culture, everything have went through, okay? But there is no respect for African-American culture. And the minute that we start making distinguishing our lineage out, 
We have a whole lot of people who get threatened by that. And I think that's shameful, but that is something that we have to do, and it is something that we have failed at. And not only have we failed at distinguishing our lineage out, but we have failed at discernment of of we have fought for people who just don't appreciate uh, the dynamics of black politics and don't really sometimes, not all the time, want to work against white supremacy with us, but actually want a lot of people, sometimes a lot of people want to join white supremacists, a lot of immigrants and illegal immigration. So when I look at this situation that's going on in New York and the power dynamics failing that allows illegal, illegal, illegal aliens, that they, I know they don't like to use that no more, Illegal people who are who are non-citizens voting, being rewarded for breaking the law. It is a failure of Black America because how have we been? Well, there's been many Black people in New York all over the years. How have you wielded your power? Who the fuck have y'all been voting for? Right. It's time for us, as, and this is Black America all, because I imagine this is going to happen in other cities and towns and states, and it is shameful because it's like, what is the point of citizenship? And it's about Black America getting its priorities right, foundational Black America, and or ADOS or whatever you call yourself, getting traditional Black America, getting our stuff together, understanding who we are understanding what we need to fight for and understanding what fights are good to get in and what fights are good to not get in because we've almost fought fought fights that had nothing to do with us and to our own demise. Now, if illegal people who are not even citizens get to vote their interest, it will be interesting what it does to the political black power structure if this starts to happen in cities all across the country. And trust me, for years, Democrats and Republicans really don't, really have always, uh, not all Democrats and Republicans, but a lot of them have wanted to get rid of black powerful politics, okay? And in some ways, uh, with the leaders that we put in charge, with the people that we put in the black caucus and we let sit there for years and years and do nothing and, 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 and advocate for everybody except for black folks, we have done ourselves in and we've done ourselves a disservice. And it's sad. And we've done ourselves such a disservice that other immigrants come over here and think it's okay. They think that you just can get engrafted, like you need some sort of engrafting, like, you know. No. Like, when I hear that, I'm like, what? I think to myself, I think I look at my ancestors from my great-grandfather who used to have his form, my great-great-grandfather who I knew, who had a form in Arkansas. I would go visit sometimes in the summertime. My great-great-grandfather, okay, he lived a long life. Uh, My great-grandparents. My grandparents and stuff, people and the and the ones that come before them, the stories I would hear about people before them who were on the saw who endured so many things. It's not something that you just get engrafted into. 
It's not something that you just come over and put a mask on and act like us and then think you supposed to. It's just, it, it is our legacy. And right now, white supremacy is using people throughout the diaspora, and not only black, other black people throughout the diaspora, they're using uh, Latinos and other groups to be buffer classes to destroy the political power that we've made, we've the little political power that we've gained, and it's unfortunate here that we've allowed it to happen. And now I feel like we're going to have to, we're gonna have to sit in it for a minute. I was listening to Black Authority, and I put up his, uh, you know, I don't agree with everything Black Authority say, but I like a lot of the stuff he talks about. And I put up his his show he had a couple of nights ago or last night or something, and he t- he said. You know, he's basically essentially saying, hey, black people in New York, you're done. It's over with. You don't have no more political power. When illegal illegal citizens are now voting, your political power is all but demise. It's gone. And I feel like that's going to be so, it's going to be all across the country, and we're going to find it out much too little too late. And maybe we need that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe black America needs that to understand the importance of redefining ourselves and our lineage, redefining our culture, our ethnicity, and redefining us, and also setting boundaries to that shit. And that's how. And it's it's important as we make moves towards. Uh, trying to get reparations and stuff. Yvette and, and Tone has been trying to tell us this for the longest, and I appreciate them for putting it out there with ADOS. And, I mean, this is exactly, I mean, we have to do it. It's, it's more of a, a push than ever before that we need to begin to set boundaries around ourselves as a group because when things like this happen, I, I mean, <laughs> we we have, we we gotta see ourselves and 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 how this affects our fight in America for racial justice and for uh for our citizenship in a country that we built for our citizenship to be respected because while black Americans there's only two groups in this country that have have never that never uh, immigrated to America. We are not immigrants. Black Americans are not immigrants. We were kidnapped, okay, and brought them to the soil, okay. So we were not. We were, and we built the country. And Native Americans. We the two groups that didn't didn't immigrate here. Our ancestors didn't come here willingly, okay. But we made it our. We made it what it was, and we made it our home. Our blood is in the soil. Our sweat is in the soil. Our tears is in the soil. Our people's, uh, 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 our people's uh, enslavement, all the things that our people went through in the soil. So it's ours. And so I think it's the more that we start to understand that, then we let that guide us about setting boundaries for our politics, for our and for our for heading towards what we're owed, even with reparations. You know. So this is a very interesting article, Illegals Voting in New York City. Wow. If, if this doesn't get y'all attention, I don't know what will, okay? Um, and I also believe the Democrats want to replace black Americans. The Democrats have never, uh, the Democrats have, 
the Democrats have never been our friends. Dixiecrats have never been our friends. Okay, the New Deal was what what, what made Democrats take on Black American things, and you know. Um, they haven't done anything for us. We've been standing in the same place for the last 50 years that we've been voting for them. And it's been a hot mess with them, okay? And so now it's time for us to see that they're really an enemy. <laughs> so it is what it is. We, we, we surrounded by enemies, black folks. And the moment that we get that, we'll understand how to move, okay? Uh, Hillary Clinton this week. It's back in the news. Oh, Hillary, where have you been? <sighs> Hillary Clinton predicts that Donald Trump will run again, right, uh, will run for president. Uh, no shit, Sherlock. Yes, he is. It's not really a prediction, Hillary. It looks like he's been saying that's what he's going to I mean, you know, on the undercover, undercurrent, saying that's what he's going to do. But listen to this. She says his win could be the end of our democracy. Let me tell you something Donald Trump, that's how I know Listen, this is how I know Donald Trump Was the man for the hour And it isn't because I gotta like Donald Trump See, that's where y'all get it twisted out in these streets I ain't gotta fucking like Every president that we've had Including Barack Obama Has done bidding for white supremacy, okay I understand that But I also understand How you gotta play How you gotta play You gotta play a smooth game When you're trying to get shit done Donald Trump was, was there were certain things about Donald Trump and the way he moved that was beneficial, even though they didn't, they, they, that wasn't his idea to be beneficial to black people, but it ended up benefiting us. Closing the borders benefits us. Politically, politically it does. Putting this country first benefits us. We have a better fight under nationalism than globalism with our reparations. Globalism requires, which globalism is going to happen, it's just going to happen, it's going to evolve to that one day. But the longer that we can delay it until black people get their shit together, because globalism, us competing for resources and goods in a global world is going to be even tougher on black America, who's already been behind. So there are some things that Donald Trump, whether you like his ass or not, his racist ass or not, whatever you think he is, I ain't got to like you. It's, do your politics benefit me in some way, even when you don't mean for him to? And that's what we got to understand. Who's, who's, Joe Biden ain't did shit for black people right now. Black people looking, all oh, black people going, oh, my God, they in disillusionment because this man did exactly what he said he was going to do, which was nothing. He told y'all he was going to do nothing. Yet y'all still listen to these dumbass celebrities who don't know shit, went out there and voted for this man. Celebrities, let me tell you something. Celebrities, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are Democratic operatives. They want deals. They want friendships. They want connections. They don't give a fuck about what's going on in a lot of these hoods and stuff. They don't care. They just want to care if they next album is going to sell or if they can connect with the next person that may put their name more out there, stuff like that. They notice they go wherever the wind blows. They don't take no chances, most of them, you know. So we got to quit listening to, 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 to celebrities telling us who to I'm seeing. I think we're getting out of that, though. 
I feel like we getting out of that. I feel like we 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 starting to see the writing on the wall. We 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 becoming very clever about this thing. And somebody like Hillary Clinton saying that, really, girl, the end of democracy would have been if your ass won. Facts. <laughs> Talking about Donald Trump, but let me read a little bit of this article. It's from MSN News. This is Hillary Clinton predicts that former President Trump will once again seek the White House in 2024. He seems to be setting himself up to do that, she told Sunday Today host Willie Geis. Trump defeated Clinton in the 2016 presidential election, winning the Electoral College 304 to 227. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in an NBC interview that was released in its entirety on Sunday, predicted the former President Trump would seek the presidency in 2024 and said that his potential victory could be the end of the U.S. democracy. Clinton, who lost the Democratic presidential nomination in 2008 to then-Senator Barack Obama of Illinois before becoming the party's nominee in 2016, was defeated by Trump and what was seen as one of the biggest political upsets in modern political history. If I were a betting person right now, I'd say Trump is going to run again, she told Sunday Today, really, guys. He seems to be setting himself up to do that, and if he's not held accountable, he gets to do it again. I think that could be the end of our democracy, she said. Not to to be too pointed about it, but I want people to understand that this could be a make-or-break point. As if we're not in the end of our fucking democracy right now, when non-citizens are getting to vote in cities, when the borders are was fucking open, (laughs) when we have a fucking mandates all over the place. I mean, as if we're not at the end, inflation's high. As if we're not at the end right now. As if Joe Biden is actually doing a good-ass job. Has she noticed the democracy lately? That's why I know Hillary's ass is delusional. You can't listen to Hillary. There's no re- there's a reason she hasn't won. And if Donald Trump ran today, he would probably win in a landslide. And if Donald Trump is anything, y'all set him up to be that. Because y'all just that bad. Here's the thing. My prediction is Donald Trump does not fit the globalist agenda. I, I really feel like it's dangerous for Donald Trump to run. Donald Trump is the most, probably the president that's in the most danger than any president that we've had in the last uh, several years. And he, his, it, everything isn't always about, even though race is at the end of a lot of things in America, but some things you got to see through an eye, eye gate, other eye Gaze. Donald Trump represents something very different from the last four to five presidents. And the way he moves is completely different. He's dangerous to the powers that be, okay, and to the elites who would love to see uh, who the elites that divulge and people like that have been talking about, you will own nothing and be happy and all that shit. He's dangerous to that kind of, not that he's a, all that great of a person and everything, but he's dangerous to the globalist elite ideals that they want to present in the future. Donald Trump is a danger, and that's why they're working so hard to just snip at him, snip at him, snip at him, snip at him. You know what I'm saying? But some of them are just as crazy and dangerous, too. So very interesting that Hillary uh, talked about that. I saw, I saw this this week, and I was going, you know what? 
we we can't be serious about this right now. I mean, I mean, y'all. I mean, I remember I came. I you know, and I, I can't, I'm a, I'm an old. I mean, maybe I'm becoming a dinosaur, but I was in class this year. I, one of my classes, and this young lady came in and said, "Is it okay if we use non-binary terms when talking about you when we talking to each other?" I was like, what the fuck is that? She don't mean because I'm a dinosaur. I'm like, what's that? She's like, you know, like, not use he or she, but they and them. I'm like, but are you a she? That's what you are. Why the hell you don't want to be called? This is what the world is coming to, okay? This space. Not, you know, when it wasn't that I wasn't being disrespectful. It's just that these, it's just that you, we think about so little, little shit that don't even matter that's crazy. But anyway, this is what the world is coming to. 007, James Bond. My goodness, James Ho-Ass Bond. Because you know James Bond's a hoe. James Ho-Ass Bond is what I got. Okay? Could be non-binary. Britain's most famous spy could in the future be someone who considers themselves neither male or female, says Barbara Broccoli. Okay, they're about to fuck up the brand, aren't they? It says uh, James uh, Bond could identify as non-binary in the future's 007 producers has revealed. Barbara Broccoli poured cold water on the suggestion the role could go to a woman, but she could see that the future Bond could be non-binary and use the pronoun they. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. This is according to the DailyMail.com. It says the, the, uh, it says the James the name's Bond, James Bond, pronouns, they, them, they. He may be an enduring symbol of masculinity, but Britain's most famous spy could identify as non-binary in the future, 007, producers has revealed. Barbara Broccoli has poured cold water on suggestion. I already said that part. Um, Bond could be a, a non-binary someone who considers themselves Neither male or female. Okay, now they're going to get a black. If that's going to happen, you know, it's really interesting how white America is always for, uh, you know, femininity be showing in characters, but they always choose black males to express uh, a certain type of femininity. So James Bond, the new James Bond, just might be black if he's going to be non-binary because, you know, they don't like to put masculine Black masculinity and black men on display sometimes, but they love showing femininity. They love an imbalance of femininity in black men. Okay, but um, uh, it says he could themselves could be neither male or female, and usually prefers to be referred to as they rather than he or she. Wow, that's going to be interesting. When host Anna Smith asked if she thought 007 would always be male, she replied, I do because I don't think that we should be making films where women are playing men. I think we should be making more films about women. I think Bond will be a man. Now, she just said he was going to be neither male or female, but now she's saying he's going to be a man. Smith suggested non-binary perhaps maybe one day, to which Ms. Broccoli replied, who knows? I mean, I think it's open. We just have to find the right a- actor. Ms. Broccoli, who controls... The 007 franchise, though her Eon Production Company, through her Eon Production Company, also said that the next Bond might uh, not be white. Interesting. Okay, so that's what I, what did I just tell y'all? That if it's going to be non-binary, they're going to use somebody black, more than likely, or of color, but most likely black, to represent that. Okay, because it... it, it 
it, it expresses femininity rather than masculinity in a male, and they don't like white males to look like that, but they will let black men do that, okay, on screen a lot of times. Uh, it says, we want the actor to be British, and Britain, British as we know, can be many things. Names linked with the role include Idris Elba, Bridgerton's, Red J. Jean Page, Mad Max star Tom Hardy, and bodyguard Richard uh, Madden, okay? Um Last night, one of Hollywood producers said Bond has to adapt to the times, but a non-binary 007 might be hard for the fans to accept. It definitely would be. Don't back up the brand with non-binary shit. James Bond is a masculine hoe bag, okay? How many women is James Bond for? James Bond be just fuck. Like this time he tried to end it, you know, having a relationship. He ended up dead. This is when James Bond ended up dead. But, uh, oh, oh, I'm telling y'all the story. Shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's late. I done gave y'all the end of the story. Well, shit, still see it, okay? Y'all should have seen it by now. But anyway, it, I mean, the man is a constant hoe. In every film, James Bond is a hoe, right? You know, just a hoe-hoe. Remind me, this this week I watched an interview, Cyborg. I watched an interview with Apollonia on Vlad TV. I, you know, a lot of people get mad at Vlad. But I really think Vlad gives good interviews. I see why people get mad at him, though. He says some things that are controversial, you know, about black people that he don't understand. But for the most part, he does give a good-ass interview. And he was talking to Apollonia about her relationship with Prince. She never, she was one of the women, she never really had a relationship with Prince. You know, y'all know that my sideboard, this is a sideboard, y'all know how I like to go, this is a sideboard to the sideboard. But, you know, one of my my things that I wish I would have done <laughs> when I was young, y'all going to be like, Carlotta, is that your, was that your goal at 19? No, it's one of the things I wish I had to done, though. You know, I wish I would have been a prince girl. Like, I just would <laughs> Like, being a prince girl is like a James Bond girl. Think of all the prince girls. Prince girl, I consider Apollonia a prince girl, and I didn't know this. Apollonia wrote Manic Monday and Glamorous Life. I didn't know that. Wow. Right? But she, she talked about that on the thing. But think about all the beautiful women, which my favorite, Denise Matthews, who was gorgeous, gorgeous. But Vanity, think of that. Vanity, Denise Matthews, uh, Brenda, uh, Susan, uh, 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 who was a Mate, all the beautiful, I just, Carmen Electra. damn, I should have been a Prince girl, I should have been, at 19, I should have took my ass to Minneapolis, you know, and created the exotic look that Prince likes, you know, you know, <laughs> but I can see, back then Prince didn't like it, what you could see, though. Know? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No, Apollonia, I actually liked Apollonia's voice. She's the one that did sex shooter. She did sex shooter. I used to love that freaking song, Sex Shooter. I'm a sex shooter. But anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like Prince, she was talking about Prince this week and all the, you know, the stuff that they would talk about and things like that in this interview. He, and I feel like Prince, I would have made a very good Prince girl, <laughs> like a Bond girl. So that's how I feel about James Bond. James Bond is like a legendary hoe on screen, okay? So 
there's no way you can make him non-binary, okay? It just, it just would not make sense, all right? Even though, here's the interesting thing. Now, Prince was kind of non-binary in his approach to his dress and everything. But Prince really expressed masculinity when you listen to Prince talk. Prince was very masculine. <laughs> I mean, even though he played, you know, he would play around with androg- androgynous things, you know, like, you know, with, in, in his music when he played around with that other character and stuff like that. This is Gemini, right? It's not surprising that he would explore that. But, yeah, he was, but he still very much expressed masculinity. That's how I feel about Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz is that type of dude that, Lenny Kravitz gives me a, a Gemini too, right? Who has this? He he has this feminine energy of that you know, an, a, kind of a stranger look, right? You know what I'm saying? That that speaks more to femininity, but his his he expresses masculinity in his in his feminine in the, his feminine feminine approach. You know, that's why Prince got so many women because Prince still was expressing masculinity, but even though he was expressing a femininity on the outside, on his appearance, and a drowsiness sort of look, same thing with Lenny, and that's what makes those men so fucking sick. He's like, good, like Lenny is more masculine than Prince was, but Prince, Prince would, but Prince, like he wore heels, but he was sexy on Prince. You're like, damn, he got, he's sexy in them heels. <laughs> well, Lenny Kravitz, like you know what I'm saying? Like he has this sexy energy too, like that. So it's like a feminine energy, but it's like, but it's very masculine in its expression and tone. It's it's a very hot thing, but I'm. I'm, you know, that's sad boy. That's my sad boy on that. But that's what I'm saying about James Bond. James Bond does not need to be. James Bond was sort of like a, 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 a like a prince. I mean, it just feels like he has. He there's always James Bond girls, and so I feel like there you cannot make him non-binary because the whole status has just always been a part of what James Bond was. So I, I hope they don't mess up the brand with this, which is you know. I don't think they will. I don't think that's going to come. I, I actually don't, okay? Uh, you know what? This week there's an interesting article in New York Times. Uh, let me see you pull it up. I got it up here. Mm. Okay, Haiti's leader kept uh, up. Do I have to put this up already? Okay, what is it? Haiti's leader kept a list of drug traffickers. His assassins came for it, okay? And this is according to NewYorkTimes.com. It says, in months before his murder, President Jovenel Moïse, Moïse, Moïse uh, took a number of steps to fight drug and arms smugglers. Some officials uh, now fear he was killed for it. And it says, President Jovenel Moïse of Haiti was about to name names, but before... Before being assassinated in July, he had been working on a list of powerful politicians and business people involved in Haiti's drug trade with the intention of handing over the dossier to the American government, according to four senior Haitian advisors and officials tasked with drafting the document. Okay, that makes sense about how he would get killed, okay? It says the president had ordered the officials to spare no one, not even the power brokers who had helped propel him into office, they said, 
uh, one of several moves against suspected uh, drug traffickers that could explain a motive for assassination. When Gunman burst into Mr. Moise's uh, residence and killed him in his bedroom, his wife, Martine, Martine Moise, who had also been shot and lay bleeding on the floor, pretended to be dead, described how they stayed and searched the room, hurriedly digging through his um, his files, okay? That's it. They finally declared to one another before fleeing. She tells the New York Times in, in her first interview after the assassination that she did not know what the gunman had taken. Investigators arrived at the crime scene to find Ms. Moise home, uh, Mr. Moise's home office ransacked, paper thrown everywhere. In integration, uh, in interrogation, some of the captured hit me and confessed that retrieving the list Mr. Moise had been working on. Uh, with the names of suspected drug traffickers was a top priority, according to three senior Haitian officials with knowledge of the, of the investigation. The document was a part of a broader series of clashes Mr. Moise had with powerful political and business figures, some suspected that narcotics and arms trafficking. Mr. Moise had known several of them for years, and they felt betrayed by his turn against them, his aide said. In the months before his death, Mr. Moise took steps to clean Haiti's customs department nationalize a seaport with history of with a history of smuggling, destroy an airstrip used by drug traffickers and investigate the lucrative eel trade, which has recently been identified as a conduit for money money laundering. The Times interviewed more than seventy people and traveled to eight of Haiti's ten departments or states to interview politicians. Mr. Moise childhood friends, police officers, fishermen and participants in the drug trade to understand what happened in in the last seven months of the president's life that may have contributed to his death. Many of them now fear for their lives as well. I would will, I will be a fool to think that narco trafficking and arms trafficking didn't play a role in the assassination, said Daniel Foote, who served as a, special, a U.S. special envoy to Haiti before stepping down last month. Anyone who understands Haiti's politics or economics understands this. A central figure of Mr. Moise's list was Charles St. Remy, known as Kiko, two of Haitian's officials tasked with helping the draft dossier. Dossier said, said Mr. St. Remy, a Haitian businessman, has long been suspected of the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration involvement in the drug trade. Notably, he's also the brother-in-law of former President Michael Martelli, who lifted, the, who lifted Mr. Moise out of political obscurity and tapped him to be successor. Wow, so this is a very, listen, y'all got to read this tea in this New York Times article. It's explaining a lot of shit, okay? So it's, this man may have had some list or something, and if you're about to name names, you can't be about to do shit. You got to be about that life. See, this is, you know, people, I'm about to name Gisseline Maxwell, like her ass in their, in their courtroom playing right now. You know, Gisseline, let's, see, let's her family going to protect her. Gisseline up in there, I ain't hardly naming nobody. Shit, but Gisseline, I'd be up in there. I had Channel 5, 10, 9, telling tell on everybody because they're going to get you. You can't be about to do nothing. You can't be telling nobody, I'm about to, I'm about to let this list out. I'm about to let this list out. I'm about to let this You find your ass dead somewhere and they be calling it suicide. Man, this is sad. But they couldn't, they, they just blatantly shot him all out. Just. Just a very sad turn of events, but I'm not surprised that um, this is what happened. So I'm just going to read more of this, uh, and we'll be paying attention uh, to the story um, 
to, to the story as we learn more about it, okay? But check out the article in New York Times. It's very interesting. All right, so Jesse Smollett, we're going to talk about Jesse. Jesse out here, Jesse. I knew Jesse's ass. Jesse's ass, I, I, I'm really confused about Jesse Smollett because I'm like, why did you go to court? You knew they going to find your ass guilty. Especially all the shit he was telling. I mean, he just literally threw his own ass under the bus, Don Lemon's ass under the bus. I don't know why Don Lemon's still at CNN right now. I mean, he was he was t- <laughs> Jesse told everything, okay? Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about people talking about Mariah Carey and Beyonce being in the verses. And I'm like, are you serious? Mariah would drag Beyonce with all her hits. I told y'all Mary J. Blige would drag Beyonce's ass, okay? Beyonce is a great performer. The music is subpar, okay? There's been some great, listen, there's been some great hits here and there, great songs here and there. But for the most part, subpar. It's her performance skills that stand out. The only way Beyonce would win a versus is if it's against somebody like Ashanti or something or or she performed her way through every versus. Other than that, no, she, her her music is not going to stand up against genuine, real good R&B uh, catalogs like Mary J. Uh, Mariah is pop, but it's not going to stand up against that, okay? So uh, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about, um, what else we got to talk about? We're going to talk about Britney Spears and Will Smith. And Haley Berry, and then I think I'm gonna wrap it up for tonight. I'm gonna try to get off early tonight, you guys, and then I will try to do another show in the middle of the week with you guys, so I can catch up on, um, give you guys more news, and talk about that. Okay, but meanwhile, you know, cause it's Christmas time, y'all. Y'all know how I love Christmas music. If you've been listening to this show for years, you know I love myself some Christmas music. So let's listen to. Uh, this Christmas, one of my favorite Christmas songs with Donnie Hathaway. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment. How much fun it's gonna be
how much fun it's gonna be together. Y'all, that is Groove Theory with Tell Me. 
that's always gonna be a groove, okay? Always. I mean, that's like one of the timeless classic R and B jams, okay? It's the CC show. I am Carlotta. I am back in these streets late night, y'all. I'm tired. <laughs> I've been. I'm tell you, I was up all week. I said, I'm serious, y'all. I'm, I'm serious. But hey, I'm here to give y'all a show. Uh, we're gonna talk about. Let's see. What should we talk about? Jesse first. Oh, God. I mean, I feel like it was such a waste of a trial. I mean, like, you know, I feel like them seven hours that they was deliberating, they was back there, like, on the Martin show. We were on Martin when they was deliberating because they was trying to order, you know, dinner, like chicken strip dinners. <laughs> I feel like that's what they was doing with Jesse Smollett. I feel like the, the, the jurors was back there playing shit. They knew that after the first 30 minutes. I say, hey, we, we know we that guilty. Let's just enjoy these. Let's order us some lunch and get us some breakfast. <laughs> and stop the bullshit. I, I don't, this is one case where I am confused as fuck. Like, where I'm just sort of like, why are you still holding on to this story? <laughs> I really actually think he's covering for bigger people. I really believe there's more people involved in this this situation than what he's giving off. He's just taking the fall for it. But it's just like, I knew when he started talking about he was going to sue the city of Chicago at one time for lying on them. When he started saying that stuff, I knew they was going to come for him. He just couldn't stop talking. Like He wouldn't go away and be quiet. I mean, let me tell you, Jesse's mole is messy as fuck on these streets because he got in there and told oh, everybody, he threw, what's the Nigerian dude on the bus? <laughs> he threw Don Lemon's ass under the bus. If y'all been fucking around with Jesse in any of them, uh, what's them bad, bad, bad houses and stuff, Jesse might throw y'all ass under the bus. <laughs> Don Lemon, I think this week they said, allegedly said he was lying. Now, let me say, I ain't trying to lose my job like Cuomo up in here for tipping. <laughs> tipping Jesse off. But Jesse said that Don Lemon was tipping him off, okay, about the, what was going on uh, with the police and everything, with him lying out in these streets about. And what black person, every black person that heard the Jesse Smollett person, especially black America, okay, we knew. We knew, we knew. Let me say it in terms, listen here. I'm going to say it in terms of how to who to say it. You know, excuse my in, my political incorrectness, but we knew that Negro was lying. We was like, this Negro. <laughs> we knew, I mean, we didn't want to say, we knew when he, this Negro said he was going out to get some subway at 2 in the morning and it was zero below. We knew the bleach. <laughs> And when we really knew that Negro was lying is when he said, they was like, aren't you the uh, the the N-word from Empire? We like, ain't nobody with no MAGA hats watching Empire. <laughs> I don't know who got with Jesse about this story, but it was a whole bunch of celebrities out there, you know, falling for the shit. And now Jesse... Jesse don't need to be in jail, okay? I hope he just get probation because, you know. But Jesse Smollett got found guilty this week, okay? 
a very five of the six counts, okay, of disorderly conduct. Outside court, special uh, prosecutor Dan Webb called the verdict a resounding message by the jury that Mr. Smollett did exactly what we said he did, okay? Um, now, I'm hearing that his people are saying, his lawyers and stuff are saying they're going to try the case again. I'm like, no, the fuck you're not. Quit wasting our time. <laughs> And it ain't funny, because you know what, listen, I think, I went to see, when Essence Fest a couple of years ago, I saw Jesse Smollett perform, okay, I went to the, a soul, one of the, you know when they have the little soul lounges at the Essence Festival, those of you who've never been to Essence Festival, they have a main stage, and then they have soul lounges all throughout the, you know, the stadium, I've been going to Essence Fest for years, I love Essence Festival, I really do, I don't know if I love it now so much, in the last couple of few years it's went down, but, uh, Listen, the Susan Taylor years were wonderful. Anyway, anywho. However, um, Jesse Smollett happened to be performing in one of those lounges, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. He was like a really good performer. You know, his singing was okay, but he I love that song. I, you know, I used to play it on here, that ha-ha song or whatever. I mean, you know, and Jesse's so cute. So, you know, you feel like Jesse was on a trajectory of having a really great career, and he got caught up in some stupid shit. It's like, why the fuck would you do that? (laughs) What were you thinking? Like, what are you thinking? Dad, I really But I think he's still going to have a shot at the career. This is a very mysterious case because of a lot of people that was involved, I felt, in the background of this case. I feel like Jesse is the fall guy for a much larger conspiracy or a situation that just didn't come off in the way it should. I'm going to have to ask my mother what she can do. My mother be having wild stories. My mom, my mama, my mama, like the last year or so, she's been in this YouTube stuff. About why all these rappers getting killed and everything. She be sitting be like, so I always ask my mother. I be like, what's going on with Jesse? I'm going to have to ask her. She'll probably tell me, uh-uh, he going through, he going through a, uh, 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 what is, what's she call him, uh, a ritual. She, what she call, my mother probably say he going through a, uh, something ritual. <laughs> my mother is a, is a believer that celebrities are all the uh-uh, these celebrities, they up to something or whatever, you know. She, she done got all into this. So I'm going to have to ask my mother what she thinks. Because I'm just like, it's got to be something crazy. Why would Jesse Smollett risk his whole career to do something so stupid? And then, I mean, it, it's just a dumb thing. I just, I, I don't understand. <laughs> because I saw a very talented young man. So it was, it's, it's so sad. It is. It makes you think that they're out in Hollywood. Maybe the stories are true of, um, of, of you know, of, <laughs> of all, of like, you know, they're practicing. I don't think they, I do believe they practice some occultism. There may be, you know, certain, I mean, you know, uh, certain celebrities who might belong to a, a, a thing, uh, some sort of thing, and they try to, they try to show symbolism. My mother showed me a picture the other day of a celebrity. <laughs> And she's like, uh-uh. See, now, what are they doing? 
they up here doing that's witchcraft. <laughs> but 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 we're but we're familiar with witchcraft too. So so it's a, it was a very interesting. Uh, I do believe some of them try to practice stuff that's like energetic uh, things and stuff like that. They try to practice it to to help build their career. I wouldn't fuck with that shit. You know, if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I wouldn't, but I'm just saying that, you know, it, it, it is something interesting going on in Hollywood behind the scenes. It's just a crazy thing because you, some of these celebrities are so crazy. And then plus Jesse admitted, I think during that trial that he was on, he was doing some drugs and stuff. So, you know, maybe that Negro did think the two black dudes was, uh, was white men. <laughs> I don't know what but the funniest part was when he threw Don Lemon's ass under the bus, okay? I was laughing my ass off because I was like, you about to lose your job. <laughs> I was thinking that about Don Lemon. You about to lose your job. Because Don Lemon ain't been shit these last couple of years. You remember when Don Lemon, y'all, I remember when none of y'all didn't like Don Lemon, when Don Lemon's ass was running around being very well. He was in Ferguson saying the wrong shit. Everybody didn't like him. Now suddenly Don Lemon's become the darling the last couple of years. It's pretty interesting. But he's saying a lot of crazy shit on the show. And I was listening to Thought Crime this weekend. They had a really funny segment on uh, about Don Lemon uh, possibly losing after Jesse just Jesse just threw everybody at him. I mean, he's just throwing it. <laughs> I don't know if he meant to do that. But it's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see what CNN does with Don Lemon. If they're going to further investigate what Jesse Smollett said, that Don Lemon was tipping off him about uh, about the police and, and their thoughts concerning uh, uh, him, were they coming for him or not. Because Andrew Cuomo, I mean, was it Chris Cuomo just got fired from CNN for giving Andrew Cuomo, who is his brother, well, I can't blame him at all on that. Okay, well, I like uh, Chris or not, his politics or not. I can't blame him. That's your brother. Just, Don just giving, uh, you know, Don just out here giving uh, 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 Jesse tips, maybe probably on the fact that he, you know, trying to flirt with him or something. I don't know. But I'm just saying I understand the brother thing more than I do the uh, uh, Don Lemon. So it would be interesting to see how CNN is going to handle this shit with Don. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are they going to ignore it? I don't know. And Don Lemon has had a quite the, you know, he got accused of some other stuff, but we ain't going to go into all that right now. One day we may talk about it on the show. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this with Jesse uh, up here. And it's going to be interesting to see what they sent to Jesse. I, a lot of people think they're just going to give Jesse Smollett, uh, you know, maybe that he'll just get uh a parole, I think they're going to give him some time just to teach him a lesson. I personally do. I don't want them to, but I think they're going to, you know? So it's just a sad demise to his whole thing, right? But I just don't under, I just don't understand why he's still wanting to sell this damn story. It's crazy. <laughs> and his family walking in there behind his ass like, yep. We believe it. I'm like, do they really believe it? Or do they be like my family? You know, my family, we we be we'll be by your side and stuff, but we be secretly like this motherfucker. No, he did that. <laughs> like we might be walking in the court with you, like you know, trying to be supportive and trying to be the front, 
<laughs> but when we all by ourselves, I'm like, this dumbass, did he sit out there and tell them people that he was, these two people was chasing his ass and the noose around his neck? <laughs> behind him. But I wonder, does his family do that? Do they really actually believe believe him, or are they like us? <laughs> what we be like? He know he did that. <laughs> I've had family members that we've done that before too. Not going to courtroom and stuff, but when we be like, this motherfucker, no, they did that shit. <laughs> Well, you put on a front like, oh, well, you know what? I mean, like, you still family, but you know what somebody that fucks up. I just believe, I'm wondering if there's one member of that family that knows Jesse that fucks up. Like, they know you aren't, but they still going into that courtroom every day acting like, yeah, oh, Jesse, it's a mess, okay? Especially the more stuff that came out, because I felt like more and more salacious stuff kept coming out, especially when he took the stand himself to answer questions. Man, a hot ass mess. Okay, Mm-mm-mm. some of the stuff we was reading about shit. I would have just pled guilty and said, "Shit, get me out here to community service, take us some trash." <laughs> I wouldn't want all my business out there like that. <laughs> a mess. Okay, all right. Will Smith. A lot of y'all are getting tired of Will and Jada talking. Y'all done had petitions online asking for Will and Jada to stop telling their business. I actually like the Smiths. I really, I know y'all don't like that. I like that. I do. I feel like the Smiths are some honest asses. They not all the way honest. I know they ain't telling all they shit. They ain't got to. But they tell just enough so y'all can quit asking fucking questions. You know, the Smiths is like, y'all been calling them swingers for years. Y'all been saying they on the low. The only thing that we ain't confronted is the Wayne Martin, which I am really, this, that's the Red Table Talk. I fucking want to see Jada. If you want a, you and Will want a high-rated red table talk. Dwayne Martin, <laughs> Will, and you. <laughs> and if you all throw kitchen in there, that shit would go through the roof. Because <laughs> the question is, you know, Will confronted everything except for Dwayne Martin's ass. <laughs> And y'all know what the rumor. I ain't got to say what the rumors are on Dwayne Martin and Will Smith. Sidebar, do you remember years ago when that dude wrote that salacious book? What was that book where he was telling on like all the rappers, the mogul? Like he wrote a, he wrote, he worked for some big time rappers. It was Diddy or something, but he wrote a book called The Mogul. And then he wrote this book about all these down low, uh, being in the industry, and and he was naming, like, he was describing them in his books and stuff. Oh, my God. Mm-mm-mm. It was a hot-ass mess, okay? I mean, people was trying to guess who it was. He was like, that's such and such. He, he, I went to the door of this party. Like, he told, he exposed they would have these boy parties and stuff, and he's saying, you know, this certain type of man, this guy who sent, he raps, answers the door, and he was just telling all the business in these books, but he was making it fictional, or he was hiding, he was giving you, um, giving you, uh, descriptions of the men, but not, but you, he wasn't giving any names. And a lot of people was guessing Will Smith and Dwayne Martin in them books. I ain't trying to be funny, Will, I ain't in that. 
I I just find it crazy that you're not confronting Dwayne. You confront every damn thing else, but you ain't talking about Dwayne Moore. Now that makes me think. <laughs> or maybe Will Will might be the type of dude that think it's so ridiculous the story about Dwayne Martin that he don't even got to address nothing like that. But I just saying it would be an interesting ass red table toss if y'all did address it. <laughs> but Will this week said, well, last week he said something very interesting, and which I agree. A lot of people try to diss him and stuff talking about he vomiting because he don't like women and stuff. But Will Smith said early on. That he was having so much sex with so many women that he used to vomit after orgasming. Has a psychosomatic reaction, okay? And this is according to page six. It says, Will Smith handled heartbreak not by listening to uh, sad tunes, but by having too much sex and vomiting as a result. The King Richard star revealed in his new memoir, Will, that he turns into a gag-prone ghetto hyena sexually after his then girlfriend Melanie cheated on him. I desperately needed relief because there is no pill for heartbreak. I resorted to the homopathic remedies of shopping and rampant sexual intercourse. We were right up to the, till that that point in my life. I had only sex with one woman, other than Melanie. But over the next few months, I went full ghetto hyena. What is that? What's a ghetto hyena? I've never seen one of those, and I grew up in the hood. Grew up in the ghetto. I ain't never seen it. What's the ghetto? I mean? <laughs> mm. Anyway, apparently that didn't agree with his inner being. So Smith developed a psychosomatic reaction to ejaculating. I had sex with so many women, and it was so constitutionally disagreeable to the core of my being. Now that is an interesting thing that he says there, though. He says uh, that I developed a psychosomatic reaction to having an orgasm, he writes. It would literally make me gag and sometimes even vomit. Despite the adverse reaction to Seth Smith, continued to sleep with women in hopes that they would cure his heartbreak, okay? In every case, though, I had, I hope to God this beautiful stranger would be the one who would love me, who would make this pain go away, he was saying. But invariably, there was a, a retching and wretched, wretched. And and the look in the eyes of the women even further developed, deepened my agony. Smith on Smith went on to marry Zampino in 1992. They divorced in 1985, and now he's married to Jada. Hey, y'all know how that's going. <laughs> what are you kidding, laughing? Okay. So a lot of men out in these streets are saying, oh, he's what? What do you mean having sex with a bunch of women? He was throwing up. That means he probably just don't like women. And a lot of men lie, you know. Men like to make, like, sexual conquests. They have them all the time. You have no fuck. Some of them, it ain't no effect. Some of them, is, some, some people, some people don't have an effect. But for the most part, I would say there is an effect, even if you probably don't notice it. Again, I always say, Will Smith, I believe, is exactly right. He may, everybody may not have the allergic reaction that Will had. But Will had, which is Will was probably feeling weakened because he was giving his energy to over to so many chicks trying to heal himself. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just going and getting real healing, which the healing probably goes behind a heartbreak with his his girlfriend that cheated on him. That's probably a part of the heartbreak, but it probably has heartbreak to do with, you know, family, childhood, and stuff like that. And he needed to, he needed to heal that core. You know what I'm saying? And instead, 
he went out here and gave his energy and stuff to a whole bunch of women. Now, when you will say this, some of you men out here is comparing yourself, talking about, you know, if I got all these women have sex with, you know, I had me a good time, I wouldn't be doing that. Not your bitch ass that don't nobody know. Will Smith, at his height, was probably having sex. Maybe he was having sex with five or six women a night. You know, he probably living that rock star life, right? So when you you can get that kind of sexual thing going, it's a whole nother level of things. And giving sex, your energy, to that many people, whether you think it's affecting you or not, I guarantee you it's going to affect you on a spiritual level. Just like when women taking a lot of dick, okay? You know, a lot of times women will end up with schizophrenic personalities sometimes and all kinds of stuff because they're taking in energy from different people and different men because they're taking in that person, right? So that's why you want to always be you want to be careful about who you connect with. You know what I'm saying? Who you can because it is a spiritual thing you're having there. And so we'll like he said, it, it constitution. It will looks like a guy who doesn't like. He looks like a guy who doesn't really like that type of thing. So, so it, it, it he was also in disagreement in his spirit, man. But also, it was weakening him because the more and more he was running around, he was running around having given giving his energy over to different people. It will affect you in some sort of way, okay? And let alone if you run into a succubus energy or something like that, she is. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, so don't say what it can't affect you. I totally, I I love the fact that we'll share these type of things. I love the fact that him and Jada does this. I, you know, I don't think they're sharing all their business, but they share just enough. And the reason they share it is because they're trying to set y'all asses up and <laughs> talking about their asses. Before, I appreciate that has celebrities, he is using his celebrities to me, in some ways, to share his own personal demons and personal experience in the hopes that probably it might help somebody. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel that way. Even with Red Table Talks, even though, even if they being selfish on the low, it's still somebody can listen to Red Table Talk and get some help, okay? To how the the way Will and Jada present things, okay? If you're having infidelity and relationships and marriages. You can, you can go to Red Table Talks and look at how they handle things. I mean, they celebrities. It's a little different. But what I'm saying is they're, they, I think they've exposed themselves in a way because, one, because it was a lot of stuff was already out there about them and they wanted to clear the, clear the air a little bit. And they were forced to in some ways. But I also believe it could help some people, you know, in the sense of, sense of you know, what Will is saying right now. When you do that, that could that could it could create a situation that way. You might not be orgasm. Maybe you drink too much, or maybe you smoke weed too much, or maybe you drug too much to deal to hide the pain. Having sex doesn't heal you, and so you use something else to deal with this and deal with that. On top, of, you know all the things that you're creating. So, um, yeah, I totally see how will of uh, this get this. This could happen. I don't think that's, you know, that's crazy, okay? I really don't, right? And I don't think that's nothing to do with him like it is. I just feel like it, it could, but I think for the most part, it's just that when you, as a man, giving so much of your energy and your seed to different women who you're not connected with, they are spiritual entities too. 
And so connecting, giving of yourself can affect you in so many ways. And a lot of people think that when they lay down with people and they get back up, it don't affect them. And sometimes it doesn't. But for the most part, I feel like every sexual encounter affects you in some sort of way, okay? It is spiritual. Even if you don't know, it affects you, all right? So I I totally see what we are talking about, okay? Now, um, what else here? Um, what's that sound I wanted to talk to y'all about? Child? You talk about Jesse? Oh, let's talk about speaking of sex. Speaking of somebody out of the foot, out of fucking control. Oh, we don't, no, we're going to talk about Mariah first. Huh. No, no, no. Let's talk about Tristan. And then we'll go to uh, 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 Mariah Carey and Beyonce. But Tristan, okay, Tristan, uh, uh, Tristan Thompson, one of the gag order this week. Cause a girl's out here saying that he ain't got some, he ain't got her pregnant. What's that part in the song with uh, Bruno Mars is and smoking out the window? That's my song. So I love that damn album. Thank God for Silk Sonic Cyborg. Thank God for Silk Sonic. <laughs> What's the Silk Sonic? Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Ooh, that blast off is a jam. But I really, when he's singing "Smoking Out the Window," there's this part in "Smoking Out the Window." But he says, I, now I got to give her back to the city. Maybe that's what Chloe has to do with Tristan Thompson. Some men just meant, they just, they for the street. <laughs> okay? Ain't that right? That's what he is. Sometimes you just got to accept that. <laughs> Tristan Thompson was a gang artist of Sally's alleged baby mama. This is according to 522. Uh, FoxBangor.com This is Tristan Thomas via TMZ is trying to keep a tightly sealed lid on info from his latest paternity case. Asking a judge to silence a woman who claims she's carrying his child from leaking info about the case while he continues to blast her as being out for fortune and fame. So he want to talk his shit and not let her talk back. Ain't this a shit? This, this is a narcissist ass motherfucker. He's a trip. But let me continue reading this. The NBA store filed an emergency petition Tuesday in Harris County, Texas, asking the judge to issue a gag order in this case. Barring the parties himself and Marty Nicholas from speaking, oh, he added himself, about the case as it plays out in court. Tristan points to multiple instances in which he believes Marley was violated and what he claims is a confidentiality order the judge orally granted earlier in this case after she sued him over paternity. In a docs obtained by TMZ, Tristan claims Marley has been doing interviews with media, leaking personal info, and even t- talking to IG and other social media to spread what he says are blatant lies about himself and his family. Specifically, he claims certain Snapchat messages which Marley has claimed were sent to her by Tristan were fabricated. The reason Tristan thinks she's doing all this is to achieve some sort of notoriety and gain for herself in the lawsuit. Bottom line, Tristan wants to keep his entire proceeding under wraps, including any discovery or evidence submitted by either side. He also wants the court to sanction Marty for the alleged elite. To hit the point home, he wants the judge to force her to fark over 30000 bonds to ensure that she, is made, she has some money on the line if she breaks the confidentiality order. Let's stop right now about Tristan. Negro, how about using a condom? I mean, what the fuck? 
He addresses everything but the right thing. Chloe, use a fool when you see that with your folks. He's a hoe. Give him back to the streets. He's a hoe, hoe. And he's going to ask this woman, gag her up. No, no, Negro. Is it your baby or is it not? Judge, just order the DNA test. That's what, this is the end. This is the end all of that. Just order the fucking DNA. We ain't got to have no case. We ain't got to have no trial. What is the result? Is that your baby or is it your baby? Is you a reckless ass? Mofo running around here, just impregnating anything. And anyone. Is that what you, is that you, Tristan? Because that's what you need to deal with. You don't need to shut her ass up. You need to deal with your shit. Chloe, poor Chloe. Yeah, I said poor Chloe. You play whole games, you get whole things. You know? I mean, it's just. I, I mean, she she out here really going to bat for this. And remember, we all thought people people was about to blame Jordan. What's her name? What's the little girl's name? The real cute little girl that, that they, the, we, the Smiths had to come take up for? Little Jordan for Trish. But Trish is just a hoe, it seemed like, out in these streets. And then he's trying to get gag orders. No. How about controlling your penis? How about wrapping up? Simple as that. And the answer to the question is, is this your baby or not? Is that your baby? Ain't no gag orders that need to be had. Is it your child? That's what I'd be asking him. That's what I would be asking him. If I was Chloe out in the streets, I mean, no, we don't need no gag order. Is that your baby? We need DNA results. Is that, no, we don't need no trial. Is that your baby? It's like Bruno Moore said, I need to give your ass back to the city. You're going to go around here and just embarrass my ass. You ain't got the decency enough to protect the decency. He ain't even got the decency enough to put on. If this baby kid, he ain't got the decency enough to put on a con. And God, he's just embarrassing her ass all over the place. Just, you know, it's one thing to cheat, right? You know, because people cheat. People fall cheat for various reasons. But it's another thing when you just extra disrespectful with it. Like, you just, like, you know, you, like, when you know you got a, a, a so-called relationship at home, a committed relationship, And you, you, and you just like, no, nah, I ain't gonna fuck around with no cops. Like, like, yeah. You, you don't even think to say, you know, I mean, I am, I need to put on a condom because I need to protect my woman, and I need or my man or whatever, and I need to protect, uh, you know, I don't want no kids out here in these streets. He don't got no respect. He's just like, no, let me, allegedly. Man, that tells you what he thinks of you, Chloe. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. You young girl, you girls gotta learn. We gotta stop it. It's crazy, okay? Wow. All right. All right, so also in the news. Uh Drake withdraws from the Grammy Awards. And you know what? Shout out to Drake. 
Drake realizes the Grammys ain't shit no more. Ever since Blue Ivy won a Grammy, who would take the Grammy seriously? <laughs> Little Blue Ivy's ass won a Grammy and was drinking, using her Grammy award as a sippy cup the next day. I don't blame Drake's ass. I would withdraw from the Grammy Awards too. This is this is the Carters are using it like it ain't shit. Like you know. They just give it, I mean, Jay-Z, first it was Beyonce last year who was the most nominated artist. Now it's Jay-Z that's the most nominated artist. I mean, you got to think. And it makes the Grammys look not credible because you think through the years, you think Prince, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Tony Braxton, Vanita Baker, Jerry Jackson. You think of all these people and you think, how does Jay-Z and Beyonce get the most nominations? And this is like the last several years. What the fuck is the Grammys doing? How is them two getting out of Grammys? And then you think of Blue Ivy holding her, her little drink. Her little, she had a little straw in the Grammy and drink using it as a sippy cup. And you think, yeah, maybe it ain't shit no more. Look at the lines right on this. Piece of Scorpio. I understand the vibe because I'd probably do that. You know, Drake was talking shit when he won last time. In they house. Drake was like, mm-hmm. Drake was like saying the hell with it anyway. <laughs> but it says, here's an article from MSN.com. It says Drake withdraws his 2022 Grammy nomination. Drake has withdrawn his two 2022 Grammy nominations of rep for the Recording Academy. He has informed uh, Variety reps for Drake did, uh, did not respond immediately uh, did not immediately respond to requests for comments. So it has tell very variety that the decision was made by uh, by Drake and his management and the Grammys honored request, although his motivation was unclear at the time of the of the article's public publication. Okay. I'ma just make I'ma just tell you what his what his what his motivation was. It ain't shit no more. This is my personal opinion, okay? Uh Drake was uh one of the five nominees uh for Best Rap album for certified lover boy and best rap performance for his son, Way Too Sexy. Rather than giving a nomination to the recipients of the six, six most votes, as the Academy did when it suddenly decided to expand the top four categories from eight to ten last month, the voting for those two rap categories will go forward with just four nominees, presumably because the voting period already has begun. Grammy ballots were posted for voting members Monday morning. Grammy nominations must be submitted by a representative, usually the artist record label. And if an artist does not want their music to be considered, the label simply doesn't submit it. The decision to remove a nomination at, the, at this late stage after it has been submitted and announced, let alone on the day the ballots are posted, may be unprecedented. Drake is trying to say something. He wants it to get some attention. Um, listen, I... I the Grammys have to take itself more seriously. And that's what I said. It has to expand itself, understand genres of music, understand what certain people are not R&B music. Please let people, please stop letting people's kids win a Grammy Award for a video, one-liners, you know, and all stuff like that. And then using your Grammy Award the next day has a sippy cup. So disrespectful to the people who have worked for years and years and years and dreams 
of having an award from the art from the uh, recording academy. Just to see somebody's little kid and then see somebody who's getting nominated over and over again because maybe they bought a few nominations. It's just sad. It's just sad. Are they daddy set on top of the Grammy board? Let me shut up. Anyway, it's late. <laughs> I don't want to check in the reminder in tonight. I'm not ready to. Okay. <laughs> we'll save that for this week, all right? Uh, let's see. Moving on. Um... What do we want to talk about? What do I want to end it with tonight? I'm going to end it because I'm going to end it early. But I wanted to talk about, it was something I wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, hold on, let me see here. Britney Spears. I'm not going to talk about Britney. Oh, did we talk about Kim K, Kim Kardashian? Did you guys get to see uh, Drake and uh, uh, Kanye's concert? I watched a lot of it. I didn't watch all of it that night, but he was just so different. I actually thought Kanye had the most energy I saw him have in a lot of years. I actually enjoyed Kanye. Uh, Drake, okay. But, uh, you know, Kim, they said the next day, you know, they said Kanye was begging her back. I, I wasn't paying that much attention. But the next day she found to be, found to allegedly be legally single. If she did that, She's done. Kanye, she's done, bro. Done, bro. So, okay. And, you know, at first I was like, Kim's going to want to come back because she wants the status and stuff, but she doesn't really have to. Now when I think about Kim is in the best position. She's already got four kids with you. The kingdom is mostly hers, okay? Her baby. And now, you know, she's already got the status you've given her as Mrs. Kanye West. And, you know, she's gotten all that. But does she want to deal with all the extra shit that comes with being with Kanye? Probably not. So, you know, she's already got all the things that to establish her. Now, Kim just want to be probably single out these three, fuck around with Pete Davidson, get her some good, you know, every now and then. You know, have a nice life, you know, just don't even really, you know, maybe date around a little bit. She ain't trying to go back to all that, you know, all that mess. And, and, and she done. She done, bro. I see. It, it, it's probably more beneficial for her at this stage probably to be single at this point. I see you, Kim. Kim, like, no, no, he can't expand my world anymore. He's done. He has, he has literally stop producing in some way for me in my situation. Because women are, listen, men, really seriously, women kind of think that is a, women do kind of have hypergamy thoughts about things like that. When when they, they realize when they come to the end of the road, I think Kim was realized because Kanye is worth, I feel like she thinks Kanye is worth more trouble than, than it's worth. And that she's already got what she came to get from that relationship and it can't go any further. I've gotten a status of being Mrs. Kanye West, kids, for the state planning. <laughs> you know, I, the dick is overrated. I really don't need that anymore. I'm up here fucking with a younger guy, Pete Davis. I'm having a good-ass time on these streets. I don't need all the drama that comes with him. This relationship has gone as 
far as it can go. <laughs> and I think that's where she's at. Okay? And I can't blame her. Kanye, no matter how many songs you sing, bro, she's done. <laughs> I think she's done. I think she is. Okay? Uh, sad. Okay? Um, what else? Gorilla, we're going to talk about Gorilla Girl. I don't know time. Oh, yeah. Holly Berry this week. I thought this was interesting. Let's talk about Holly Berry. She's been, she's been a lot of places this week. She's so pretty. I just think Holly Berry is just a baby doll. She's just a, she's just, I mean, she ages. She's still so beautiful. Like, she's so pretty. Like, that face, she's just so cute. But Holly Berry said she married Van Hunt, okay, in a commitment ceremony organized by her son. Oh, poor Holly Berry. Holly Berry's a trip, right? Well, she's a Leo. She's such a Leo. I understand Leo things. Leo teams. She mm. like her R&B star, though. I already talked about this. Holly Berry. She said, I'm just going to do this commitment with my son right here. I ain't fucking man. I ain't marrying y'all no more. <laughs> Okay, but it says Holly Berry Mary, well, not quite. The uh, Bruce actress and director, and director 55 revealed her eight-year-old son, Maceo, held an unofficial wedding for, uh, for her and her boyfriend, Van Hunt. During an appearance on Live with Kelly and Ryan Monday, Mary clarified that she is not married to Hunt, 51, but instead Maceo held an impromptu commitment ceremony to confirm their relationship. Aww. Um this was a very. This was a ceremony by an eight-year-old in the back seat of a car who said, "Mom, you should get married to him." I said, "Really? I should marry? I should marry to him?" He said, "Yeah, I pronounce you man and wife." So we're like, "Oh, okay, we're married, but we're not married." Barry explained to host Kelly Ripper and Brian Seacrest. So that's our commitment ceremony. Uh, it's silly and sweet. What I what I love about this is when you blend families, it's really hard. Yeah, so the good news is my kids are comfortable and theirs, and that's all that matters. If it ain't happy, if they ain't happy, we ain't happy. That's all you need. You just need them to be happy, okay? Uh, listen, Holly Berry has, you know, she has been around the block in love, okay? We all know, okay? It's been a lot. And I like to see her. She looks so happy with Van Hunt. Yes, y'all saying the down here in hell dude? Yes, down here in hell dude. She looks so happy with him. And, you know, I I understand it. It's nothing like a creator. They're so sexy, right? They're so sexy. And I just hope it works out for them. They look like a really cute couple together, too. So I'm really hoping this is this works for her. This is this is, this is is the one, Okay. I hope that for her, okay? So go on, Holly Berry, with your little commitment set ceremony with Maceo and you know that. You know, I just hope it all works out. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so we talked about Drake withdrawing his uh, uh, his uh, Grammy nomination. Uh, can we, what should we end it with the story? I wasn't going to talk about Brit and Britney Spears. Uh, Chloe, 
Well, some of these, I'll do this, some of these shows in part two. Gorilla Girl, maybe I'll talk about part two. Uh, Diddy and Trey Songz. But we're going to end the story. We're going to end the show tonight with this story, okay? Because we're going to do a short show tonight. Child, I'm tired. Y'all know. Y'all just told y'all I was tired. He knows shit. <laughs> but we will do, I will do a part two later on during the week. I'm going to try my best to, okay? But we're going to end it with this story. It says, uh, uh, the world's first living robot can now reproduce scientists say, okay? Okay, it says the U.S. Uh, scientists who created the first living robot say the life forms known as xenobots are, can now reproduce and in a way uh, not seen in plants and animals. Formed from the stream stem of cells, uh, from the stem cells of African clay cloud frogs, xenopus La, Lavelles, I believe, from which it takes its name, xenobots are less than a millimeter, 0.4 inches wide. The tiny blobs were first unveiled in 2020 after experiments showed that they could move, work together in groups, and self-heal. Now the scientists uh, that developed them at the University of Vermont, Church University and Harvard University, which institutes for biologically inspired engineering, said they have discovered an entirely new form of biological reproduction, different from any animal or plant known to science. I was astounded by it, said Michael Levin, a professor of biology of the Allen Discovery Center of Turf University, who was uh, co-lead author in new research. Frogs have a way of reproducing. Uh, that they they normally use, but when you liberate the cells from the rest of the embryo and you give them a chance to figure out how to be in a new environment, not only do they figure out a new way to move, but they also figure out apparently a new way to reproduce, okay? And it's saying stem cells are unspecialized cells that have an ability to develop into different types. Uh, To make xenobots, the researchers scrapped living stem cells from the frog embryos and left them to incubate. There's no manipulation of genes involved. Okay, listen, this is that's a great article. Please read it, but it scares me when science begins to start fussing with the way we reproduce, bursting into units, using certain things to make certain things and stuff like that. I don't know, y'all. Little baby, uh, little baby xenobots. I don't. It's a hot mess out in the street. The world is we becoming more advanced, but at the same time, the the more some of our invest advancements in technology seem to have become very very dark. That's all I'll leave it at. Okay, so it's just just really interesting. Okay, and um, is that it? Is there one more story I want to share with y'all? Chloe. Okay, we'll end it with Chloe. I thought I was going to end it with the bot story, but let me end it with Chloe on Lollipop video uh, this week. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to end it with this Chloe Bailey. If I have it up, hold on, guys. I thought I had it up, hold on. Okay, Chloe Bailey addresses deleted lollipop video. I'm a grown woman, she says. Okay, so this is going to be our last story of the night. 
I wasn't going to say that for part two, but I'm going to go ahead and address that tonight. Now, Chloe is been running around. Y'all know, y'all know she likes to be naked, okay? <laughs> but I, I understand this. I feel like she's developing of herself. She's trying to find out what best works for her and everything. But um, it says, according to Yahoo Life, it says, Chloe, baby, stop by Charlemagne the God's new talk show, The God's Honest Truth, where she addressed the infamous Natalia social media lollipop video, where she thanked her fans for supporting her throughout her career. During the sit-down interview, Charlemagne asked the 23-year-old singer if she was affected by social media's reaction to her sexy post, saying, the reaction to your post, like your lollipop video, which you deleted, do they affect you? Chloe laughed at the question at first before replying, you know, honestly, in the beginning, it didn't affect me. I'm human, of course. It affects me sometimes. But the reason why I deleted it wasn't because of what people were saying. It was just because um, it was just because I didn't want people to just going going to my page and just seeing that social media is just whatever. I'm 23. I'm a grown woman, and I think it's so cool how we can find ourselves. And I'm finding myself right now and figuring out what serves me best. I'm just doing it under a microscope while all of you get to uh, get to do it without. Okay, listen. I really, I have defended Chloe Bailey sometimes, and sometimes I've gotten on her, okay? But I do believe that she is trying to figure out her sexuality and her, you know, her vibe. Do I think she's doing extremes at times? Yes, okay? Definitely doing extremes as a young lady. But I hopefully, I, I hope she finds her own voice, her own self in the midst of all this. It's going to be very important for her to do this in this in, in show business, especially you know, uh, when she, she has so much of Beyonce in her to find her own vibe and her own energy uh, towards her musical journey and her musical career. So she is grown. She can do what she wants. But I think sometimes it's just a little too much, okay? But shout out to Chloe. Uh, Chloe. I'm a big Chloe fan, so I, I, I get it. I understand both sides of things, all right? All right, you guys. Woohoo! We got through the show. Yay! All right, you guys, I am going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I thought I was going to go to bed. You know, I always say I'm getting ready to go to bed, but my energy, I'll be sometimes tight for another 30, 45 minutes, but, I have, but, but I'm going to try to do a part two show this week before, you know, before uh, I go home for the Christmas holidays, and I may do it in Kansas City when I'm in Kansas City, okay? Give you guys a, a little part sh- a part two show or something like that. We'll figure it out, okay? But I'm going to try – I definitely want to try to give you guys one this uh, this weekend and uh, one right before the holidays, okay? So you guys, have a wonderful week. Enjoy your week. I'm going to come through with a part two. I wanted to get a little bit of these stories off my chest that I need to talk to you all about this week. But meanwhile, enjoy the holidays or enjoy the time leading up to the holidays. Remember, you guys, to persevere in everything that you're doing this week, but also enjoy the moments, okay? Enjoy the moments of the holidays, all right? All right, you guys, we're going to leave that with one of my friends. I thought I'd love to play Christmas music, okay? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Luther Vangelis, my favorite, favorite of all time, okay? I love me. Um, Luther, okay? Happy holidays, y'all. I will be back this week sometime. It's part two, all right? I'm out. It's the CC show. I'll see y'all.
out of my voice you kind of are listening to the archive so remember you can hit me up on the uh carlotta catwood facebook page okay you can make sure you like the page i see a lot of new uh, new people shout out to all y'all who are liking the page who are following me thank you so much i appreciate it okay and um also you can hit me up on twitter c chatwood show and carlotta 72 and you can hit me up on instagram at carly's underscore galaxy okay y'all have a wonderful wonderful week i will see y'all bye i'm out for good this time see y'all i'll see y'all this week later on this week okay out Yeah.